Roger Roll, and we are here to discuss the Word of God from his eternal pages, the Bible. And we have in studio with us today, Pastor Wilson Isnard, who is the Personal Ministries Director for the South Bahamas Conference. Welcome, Pastor Isnard. Good day, Elder Roll. It's a delight to be with you once again. Amen. And pastors, now as we begin, I would ask you to uh, have a word of prayer as we begin our program. Sure. Father in heaven, we thank you for this wonderful day that you have given unto us. Yes. We thank you for the gift of life. Yes. As we go through this program, we pray for your Holy Spirit to be with us. Yes. May you give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And may, oh God, this program be a blessing to our listeners and viewers. This is our humble prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. And today we're going to talk about predestination. Mm -hmm. Now that's a big word, and big so word. I want to uh, share what it means. And predestination in Christian theology means that it is the doctrine that God has ordained all that will happen especially with regard to the salvation of some and not others. It has been particularly associated with the teachings of St. Augustine of Hippo and of Calvin. And just for a word, John Calvin was part of the Reformation in the 1500s. And so Calvinism, uh, those who follow his doctrines, uh, believe that God has decided beforehand who will go to heaven and who will go to hell. It is unfortunate that that's the only thing we remember about mm -hmm. John Calvin because he did some great things as well. He was one of the first who did a commentary of the Bible. He also uh, helped to organize uh, doctrines, and also he is the forerunner of the way modern preaching, the way that we preach today. But he is mostly remembered for this doctrine, mm. predestination. Mm. And so I would say to you, Pastor, is not. Does God know who will and will not make it to heaven? And does he decide who will be saved and who will not be saved? Well, Elorol, this is a very vital and important question. In answering this question, uh, I want to establish a platform by saying that the Bible reveals to us an omniscient God, which means a God who knows all things. Yes. In fact, in Isaiah 46, verses 9 and 10, God says, I am God, 
and there is no other. Yes. I am God, and there is no one like me. Hmm. Verse 10 goes on to say, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done. So from this verse now, we see that God is all-knowing. Furthermore, in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, he says, Before I formed you, talking to Jeremiah now, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet for the nations. Now, having established this platform of understanding of God, omniscience, I can safely say, Yes, God knows who will be saved and who will not. But he does not decide who will be saved and who will not be saved. And we're going to talk, we're going to flesh this thing out as we continue. Yes, yes, Pastor is not. Well, I would then ask the question, what role does Jesus Christ uh, have to play in determining our salvation. Well, um, Jesus is the gateway to salvation. As you know, because of sin, the Bible says in Romans 3, verse 23, all have sinned yes. and fall Short. short of the glory, glory of, of God. God. Yes. Over in Romans chapter 6, 23, Paul goes on to say, the wages of sin is what? Death. Is death. But the gift gift of God God is eternal eternal life through (laughs) Jesus Christ, Christ, our Lord. Lord. So Jesus plays a vital role in our salvation. He says, furthermore, in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the the only way by which one can enter into eternal life. Amen. And so you've mentioned that God does not decide who is saved, even though he knows. Even though he knows. So what role do does I what role do I have to play in my salvation? What role do you play? What part do you play in your salvation? Wonderful. We do have a choice to make. God offers salvation to humanity. If I want to go to um, John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting, everlasting life. life yes. We do have a choice to make because God created us with the free will to choose. Hmm? The same way the angels, Lucifer, were created with freedom to choose. So we do have a role to play by accepting God's gift of salvation packaged in Jesus Christ. Okay, so we've heard that the part that God plays and Jesus has a part to play, I have a part to play. Yes. 
Apostle, it's not. What do you say to someone who says, it doesn't matter how I live my life because God knows already if I'm going to end up in heaven or hell. How do you encourage someone like that to say, to show them the way to and the benefits of living a godly life, one that glorifies God, as opposed to just letting life pass through you and doing whatever? Well, um, as you know, the wind of postmodernism is furious blowing. Postmodernism teaches that the absolute does not exist. <laughs> Everything is relative, which means every person inhabits their own truth. So if something is good for me, even though it's wrong, biblically speaking, as long as it makes me comfortable, it's fine with me. You cannot tell me anything. I said that to say this, um, pertaining to, to the question. Regardless of the fact that God knows who will be saved and who will, not, who will be lost, God is a just God. And he will be justified in the day of final judgment. Amen. For all will then realize that they were lost because of their own course of action, not because of any lack of love, care, or, or, or concern of God's part. Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So, all have an opportunity to be saved. It is the devil who wants people to just live the way they want to live because they are of the view that their uh, 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 salvation or their lostness have already predetermined by God. Yes. So they, they are saying, I might as well live any kind of way. Mm -hmm. No, this is not what God expects from anyone. What I would like to say that no one is predestined by God to be lost. God has made it possible for all to be saved. Through Christ, his son, he has opened the door of salvation to whosoever wants to come in. So, it has to do with accepting the gift of salvation that God has made available through Jesus Christ. And once one comes to the conclusion that, hey, God doesn't want me to live any kind of way. He wants me to honor him by the way I live, by accepting Christ as my Lord and Savior. It's all about choosing to live God's way. So we have a choice. We do have a choice. Pastor, I, Pastor, it's not. I'd like to read a passage uh, to you and our listeners from Ephesians chapter 1, and I will begin at verse 3, and I will read all the way down to uh, verse 14. And it reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Verse 5, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and glory, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he had made us accepted in the beloved, mm. in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he had abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, mm. according to his good pleasure, which he had purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, mm. being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted. After that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Now, Pastor, is not that passage covers quite a lot. A lot. But I want us to focus in on verse 7 of Ephesians chapter 1, which says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And so that verse tells me that I can be saved by faith. But I would like to know and to share with our listeners, if I can be saved by faith, do I, can I be saved by faith alone? Or is there something else that I need to do? T taking the broad view of that passage. Beautiful. Well, um, <clears throat> let me go to Ephesians in addition to what you just read. Let me go to Ephesians 2, mm -hmm. verses 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Yes. Hallelujah. And that not of yourselves. <laughs> it is the gift of God. Mm. So salvation is a gift 
from God. In other words, God is the gift giver. Hmm. Jesus is the gift. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Hall Spirit is the gift applier. Oh, so when we are saved by grace through faith, verse 9 of Ephesians 2 says, It is not by works, lest anyone should boast. For we are, verse 10, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, mm. <laughs> which yes, God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, the one who is saved by grace is expected by God to practice good works. Amen. Because Jesus says in John 15, verse 4, he says, uh, uh, Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. He goes on to say, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. nothing. So after we are saved by grace through faith, God expects us to bear fruits. Huh? It is not our fruits. It is his fruit through his Holy Spirit. The Amen. good works that God expects from us is that we practice. We keep his commandments. Mm. Not in order to be saved, but we practice God's commandments because we are saved. We practice good works because we are saved. So salvation by grace through faith requires the practice of good works that God has prepared for us to practice. Amen. And I, I just want you to repeat that part where God is the gift giver. <laughs> I want you to emphasize that to, to our, our listeners. Yes. So, as I said earlier, eternal life is a gift. And the gift is packaged in Christ Jesus. And we experience the gift of God when we accept Christ through the enabling power of the Holy Spirit. Hence, I said, God is the gift giver. Yes. Jesus is the gift. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is the gift applier. applier. So Jesus makes a promise. I will go and pray the Father that he will send you the Holy Spirit to help you um, take care of the gift mm. of salvation mm. that has been given to you mm. by my Father. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And so after we receive this gift, and we are saved. What, some, the way to express it is in the good works that we do because that also shows that our appreciation for the gift yes, sir. that God has given us. Yes, sir. Amen. <laughs> A amen. <laughs> that, that's, that's very beautiful. And now, if someone is out there and they're struggling to understand, um, how would you... Uh, 
what can they do mm. to be able to grasp this understanding that they have a choice, a free will in determining their destination, even though God knows all things. Well, um, God is love. Amen. And he doesn't force us to love him. He wants us to do so freely by making a choice. The same way Jesus came willingly, he had to make a choice to come to save us. Anyone who is out there who, who is listening to us, who is struggling with this um, notion of whether I am saved or not, whether I should do this or that, all God is asking for is to recognize that without him, you cannot do anything. Mm. You cannot save yourself. He has already made provision for the world to be saved. So when you surrender, when one surrenders to the lordship of Jesus Christ, he empowers you to glorify God in the way that you live because God wants us to glorify him. In, other, in fact, we were created to glorify God, to, 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 to celebrate who he is by the way we live our lives. This is why uh, we need the Holy Spirit. No one can glorify God unless the Holy Spirit is in you. For example, we read in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, where it says, So whether you eat or drink or yes. whatever you do, yes. do it all for the glory, glory of God. Of God. Yes. In order for you to do it for the glory of God, you have to make yourself, one has to make his or herself vulnerable to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says in Galatians 5, 16 through 17, Walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's, it's, it's a battle between the flesh and the spirit. Paul says, the things that I want to do, I do not. Mm. Things that I do not want to do, that which I do, I do. there is a war going on. And every single day, even before we even wake up, we are in this warfare, and we have to make choices every day whether we should, we will allow the spirit to take full control of our lives to live, live the victorious life or the flesh. So anyone who is out there who, who wants to, to live a life that is pleasing in God's sight has to daily surrender to the Lordship of Christ. When you surrender, you, say, you are saying, God, I don't have it. You have it. Take full control. Guide me. Give me wisdom. Give me knowledge. Give me understanding. So when you, when, when you make yourself vulnerable to the will, to the leading of the Holy Spirit, you will be able to glorify God and experience the gift of salvation, who is Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well said, Pastor, it's not. 
so how would you um, I I accept I've accepted for example I've accepted Jesus Christ say I'm, I'm a new believer what are some of the things I can do to grow in Christ you talk about submitting daily how how do I do that what are some of the things that you would tell our listeners that would help them to grow in Christ on a daily basis. Beautiful. Let me quickly share three pillars for spiritual growth. The first one has to do daily prayer. You you have to stay connected to Christ through prayer because prayer is a conversation with God. You, you, you talk to him. You express your, your, yourself to him. You tell him how you feel, what you want him to do for you. So prayer is the first pillar that will help one to grow spiritually. Amen. Secondly, the meditation of God's word. Jesus says in Matthew 4 verse 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So when you pray and you read the Bible every day, you will establish a platform to do God's will because when you read the Bible, God reveals his will to you. When you pray to God, you pray according to his revealed will. Hence, you will live a life that bears fruit, you will grow spiritually. And last but not the least, the last pillar is to testify about, your, about God's goodness in your life. Find someone to share what God has done for you. Share how he has transformed my, your life. You see, um, let me tell you, um, confession is good for the soul. <laughs> yes. I remember as a young man when I first gave my life to Christ. I wanted to grow spiritually, but I did not know how. And the Holy Spirit reveals to me, hey, son, in order for you to grow, you have to discipline yourself ah. to spend quality time with God. And when I began to do that, I was, I mean, I had a problem with uh, 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 masturbation before Christ. When I became a Christian, I was walking with God. I continued the practice of masturbation until God gradually take away the feeling, the desire to masturbate, and I grow in Christ. So the power to grow in Christ is to have a Time to pray just like Jesus did. Early in the morning, he would wake up, went to a solitary place where he communed with his father. He would spend an entire night in prayer. He would stay on his knees. So when we pray, we meditate and we share our experience with others that will help us to grow in Christ. Until he comes. Amen. What a blessing. What a blessing. And I pray and trust and hope that the things shared today to our listeners, you will know that you have a choice. 
Oh, yes. And where you go, whether it be heaven or hell, you have a choice. And the way to do these things as a believer is to pray, to read the word, and to share, share, share your testimony. I thank each and every one of you who have been listening today. I thank you, Pastor Is Not, for coming and sharing with us today. And I pray that God will bless each and every one who has heard the word, who has heard God's word from his eternal pages. Amen.